0: Praise the Lord. We are going to dismiss our young people to the back in Jesus' name and the rest of y'all can be seated. We're expecting some good things from the Lord and I thank you for having that faith here. I felt it in this place and I just knew that God wanted to do something wonderful. I think it ties in with the message. Uh, that I'm going to be speaking here this morning. I believe that God has given this to me in different parts and pieces, so I'm going to try to bring those together here this morning. And if I fail, I fail, but I'm going to try in Jesus' name to bring you word of God. I was thinking uh, about this. It's been over a year since I've been able to kind of freehand speak to this church. Uh, Wednesday nights are a little bit more structured and and kind of have to follow an outline and that sort of thing and I know the anointing of God still leads and we still go off trail and down different uh, avenues but I haven't been able to to bring a message to this church for over a year now and so I am so grateful to be able to stand before you this morning and bring this word of God to you. I, I count it in honor to be able to stand where our pastor stands he is such a wonderful man of god we trust in him so much and, and he searches the scriptures out and so to be able to stand in this place is a humbling, humbling experience. But I want to say thank you for being here this morning and being willing to be open to what God is going to do and trusting in him for for the things that he wants to bring to you this week. Before we dive into the scripture though, I do want to uh, bring you a, a few announcements that this Wednesday we will not be having services here. So if you show up, the doors will likely be locked and you won't be able to get in. So you can certainly hang out in the parking lot if you would like to, but you won't be able to get into the church building. So we have a youth event in Billings, Montana this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Pastor Carnahan is going to be gone. Uh, th- this Wednesday, uh, he comes back on Thursday, and so it just had to be what it is, that we had to, to move these services around and rearrange stuff to get to this place. And then not only that, uh, tonight we have the men's uh, book study, and so if you're a man, uh, make sure you finish reading that book and become a part of, of uh, the, the services here tonight. Brother Scott is bringing some dinner, and so everybody can say praise the Lord, because that's going to uh, be incredible. I called him yesterday, and I said, bro, this, I know you've had a lot this week but this is the last dinner that we are going to have in this book study. So can you bring some food because we love your food. We want to devour that in Jesus' name. So we are so thankful that uh, Brother Scott is uh, bringing that here for us uh and so come here expecting for that tonight at 5 30 we'll start in the sanctuary with prayer and then we will go back to the great meal and finish that that book out next month we're going to uh sunday night services as well as sunday morning uh services so we'll be kind of back to the normal schedule that we had before covid i know that's years ago and probably hard to remember for some of us but we're excited about continuing to open up things as the doors move forward along with that um, this coming sunday we will have the guest speaker who is at the youth conference, he is going to be coming here and uh, he will be here with us in service Sunday morning and Sunday night, so it'll be an exciting time. He's an incredible teacher with an incredible wealth of knowledge about the Bible and Scripture, and he's one of those people that you can ask difficult questions to, and he's still able to come up with a response, and so if you want to learn more about God, hear some deeper things of God, we would encourage you to be here uh, next Sunday to listen to uh, the the word that he is going to bring as well in Jesus' name. So exciting things happening, uh, great things that will be coming forward, and we're doing our best to keep the AC on in here and keep it nice and cool in Jesus' name. I know it's struggling a little bit every now and again, but uh, I couldn't believe it. There was a high of 105 this Tuesday that we're supposed to have, so it's getting a little warm out there, but we're thankful to have a building where we can come and have water and air conditioning and so many other things in, in Jesus' name. The last thing that I want to say before I dive into this, and maybe you can turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3 uh, while I am saying this, is I, I just want to say thank you uh, to everybody who serves this church. There's really, uh, sometimes we can show up on a Sunday morning and say, man, you know, the, the chairs are clean. And somehow the Holy Ghost cleaned those chairs while we were gone between services or the bathrooms look nice or, or the, the music sounded great this morning or the audio has came together or the flower bed looks nice or all these things coming together uh, that sometimes we think that it's just uh, magical. But really there's a wonderful team in this church that does so much around And I'm thankful for every one of you, even if you don't get recognized here behind this platform or in a prominent position or anything like that. Our teachers back there, I mean, to prepare lessons, they don't just come together and fall into place Sunday morning. But it requires studying and being a student of God in so many different places. And so uh, I'm thankful for our teachers and our leaders and the people in this church that invest so much to making just a service like this happen. I know we're only here for a couple hours, but my goodness, the the amount of preparation that goes into this is is incredible. And so we're thankful for every single person that invests in this church, that invests in people. Um, We we want you to feel welcome, and and we want you to to have a part of this church in Jesus' name. So thank you for helping us with all of that. Proverbs chapter 3 is where we're going to begin this morning. I am so thankful for trusting in what God has given to us. Proverbs chapter 3, and verse 5. This is a scripture that many of us know, and many of us probably begin to quote over and over and over again. But it says this, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, and in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths." Scriptures that to us have a very, very deep meaning, something that encourages us all to say, man, I want to trust in God with all of my heart, and I want to know the paths that God is leading me down. I think if any of us were honest here in this room, we would say, God, I would like a detailed plan before me about where my life is going to go about the events that are going to happen around me and how these are going to impact me and the people around me. If you're like me, I like spreadsheets. And so I will go on the computer, and I will begin, even when I'm making a simple decision, I'll begin to make spreadsheets about this decision and look at the pros and the cons of this decision and I'll evaluate it and pray about it and seek God about it. Or like a youth event that we have this week, I'll create spreadsheets and documents and here's our budget and here's this and, and this is the, the way that this needs to work and uh, you know, hand things out to the team and this is the way that I see this working and this and that. And, and, and I just like to be an organized person. But I come to the kingdom of God, and sometimes, most of the time, God does not give me a spreadsheet or an organized chart about what's going to happen tomorrow, or the next day, or today, or these places around. And for somebody like me, it causes me to just become distraught, thinking, my goodness, I'm so worried, I don't know what the next day is going to bring I don't know what the next situation is going to happen or how I'm going to work through this or what place I'm going to be in in my next steps. For some people, that even means they don't know what the next meal is going to be or how they might pay for that meal. Or some people might not know that they can be delivered from something and freely delivered from a substance inside of their life. Yet right now, it seems like they're going to be entirely stuck inside of that environment or that realm. For others, they don't know how they're going to make their house payment or their car payment or the things around them. And it begins to become confusing inside of this life sometimes when we read this scripture and we see that God's going to direct our paths, yet there's things before us that we are struggling with. There's challenges inside of these scriptures. So if you could just briefly lift your hands, let's just pray about these scriptures and let God begin to reveal some things to us this morning. God, I am thankful for the word that you are bringing before us. I believe that you will give direction, God, that you will help every person walk out of here assured in their faith in you, God that you are here, God, to see us succeed and excel and not fail. But Jesus, I believe that you're going to move every person forward, understanding that no matter what we're going through, even if it's hurtful, God, you know what you are doing, and there is a purpose for every single piece of it, God. Direct our paths this morning, open our eyes to things around us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I want to open this up by giving you a bit of an introduction. We step outside of our doors every morning. You might step onto a porch or onto some dirt or onto some soil or, or what I don't know what you step out onto, maybe the floor in your house. But when you step out, many of us in this room don't think about what we are stepping onto, I don't know, is anybody in here this morning, when you stepped out the front door of your house, were you thinking the soil might collapse beneath my feet? I don't think anybody in here might have been thinking that. Or were you thinking when you stepped out of your bed onto your floor, this floor is going to collapse and I'm going to fall through it and and become hurt? Or were you thinking when you grabbed your toothbrush that it was going to fall apart and you weren't going to be able to grab it and use it to brush your teeth? Or were you thinking that the water in the faucet wasn't going to feel like water, but it was going to come out as some sort of solid or something inside of the sink? It's things that we do on a daily basis that sometimes we just don't think about at all. For those of us in this room, and, and, and by these statements I am not making fun of somebody who is blind, but I'm saying that for those of us who can see we step into environments and step onto things and we touch things and we move things and we're able to go to places that some people have no experience with because they cannot see as we see. There's some people in this world who will never know what soil truly looks like. They will step upon that soil but, and they may feel that soil upon their feet, but they will never know what that soil looks like as it looks like to you and I. They will never see the green grass or the trees or the places around. They might feel the wind. They might smell the scent. But for some people, they will never be able to experience sight in what something might begin to look like. So for some people, we we experience this idea of some things that we believe are certain in our lives, the, the ground beneath our feet, that God will be at church when we show up on a Sunday morning, That the carpet you touch with your feet will feel the same as it has always felt before. And when you look to the sky, the sun will be there. Even if there's clouds, it will begin to shine and heat up the environment around us to where we don't have to worry about suffocating when we step out the door in the morning. But there are also some uncertainties inside of our lives. Things like, will our cars start in the morning Or what is the weather going to be like on a daily basis? If you know Wyoming, you can say amen to that because it seems to change within the matter of a few minutes. Will there be a new war that's starting around the world? Will someone get mad at me today? Or am I going to lose my job? Uncertainties that can become worrisome, inside of our lives if we're not careful. Things that are small that can begin to grow into something magnificent that we don't want in our lives that we must begin to shut down. So think about a blind person stepping out of their door every morning. They must begin to use other senses to know that there is ground beneath them. They can't just step out the door believing that there's ground there without beginning to feel a little bit and sense that that ground is still there. For us, we can look and say, man, the ground's still there. I'm going to step out and it's going to be solid. And it happens in our subconscious where we don't even begin to think about that ground being there. But for somebody who's blind, they might have to begin to feel or to touch or to move in order to get out of that door in the morning. It's amazing that in the medical world of today, that some people who used to be partially blind have now been able to begin to see certain things in the world around us. If you look at medical science, you will see that they are advancing things so crazy that they have now began to allow people who were once blind to begin to see certain objects inside of their lives. You think about how complicated that is and how sophisticated and how truly amazing that is. It's insane to think that some people are beginning to see And even more so when God begins to reach down and touch somebody's lives, we have seen it before that blind eyes have been opened and people have begun to to see uh, this physical world around us that instantly they go from not seeing to seeing the environment around them. It's amazing that people who could not see at one point in time can now see objects, facial expressions, laughter on people's faces, and the items that they have only felt through their other senses, they can now begin to see and visualize them. Items that they once were only able to touch, foods that they once smelled, sounds that they heard, they can now begin to see these things alive and well around them. No longer is there the worry of, am I going to be taken advantage of? Or is there the worry of, Am I gonna hug the wrong person who isn't my spouse? Think about getting in trouble for that one. But they don't have these worries any longer because their eyes have now become open to what is around them. However, although this is amazing to think about somebody beginning to see once again that the idea of this, it sounds amazing, but it causes a lifetime of rehabilitation. We know that the ground is solid, yet a blind person who begins to see might not. We know how high to lift our foot to step on a curb or over an object, but a new person might not. We might know what quicksand looks like, but a newly seeing person might not know what quicksand actually looks like. They could actually step off of a cliff thinking that that cliff is a flat ground before them because they have no comprehension of depth or the things around them inside of that environment. It really begins to become sophisticated, doesn't it? When we think about somebody who was once blind beginning to now see, when a person truly begins to see, it sometimes can cause more problems to overcome than it solves before that time period. For a newly seeing person, there might be so much fear that they no longer want to go out or they might want to explore everything that they have missed out upon in the struggle before that, and it depends on what they decide to do before this. But the amazing thing is that this closely relates to us as Christians. For some of us brand new, for some of us having walked a long time in the kingdom of God, we know that Jesus is the true light which lights every man that comes into this world. You can look at John chapter 1 and begin to see that. But what that begins to show us is that this gospel before us will begin to allow people to see spiritually who were once blind that those of us who were once walking in a world unsure, uncertain of what's going on around us, worried about hurts or pains, worried about what's going to attack us around the next corner because we can't see, or worried about the grip of things that that, that this world might have upon us, when we begin to see the light of Jesus and the gospel begins to come into our life, the light begins to shine to where the world is illuminated around us. And now we can begin to understand that, man, those things that were coming out me, I now can begin to understand why they were coming at me. Those things that were moving inside of my life, I can now begin to see why I needed to do that or to move forward or to push into an environment. It begins to cause the blind who were once blind to now begin to see spiritually in Jesus' name. But let me tell you that when we begin to see spiritually, there's going to be dangers around us. There's going to be things that we have never experienced before. Just like a physical blind person beginning to see a cliff and not comprehending the depth of that cliff and walking off of it, for us as Christians, beginning to see, sometimes we we, we see cliffs before us and we don't know or understand or comprehend that we can't walk off of that cliff without becoming hurt or, or the pain that it might cause. We can sometimes begin to struggle with this so much That we say, man, I would rather go back to the world where I was blinded than have the light of Jesus inside of my life shining these things around me. When Jesus begins to come into our life, we will begin to see problems more clearly. We'll begin to see issues more clearly. And we'll begin to learn that there's things around us that truly desired for us to fall. The Holy Ghost will begin to bring color to a black and gray world inside of your life. Baptism will begin to lighten the load when it takes all of the sin and washes it completely away from your life. And when God begins to do these things for us, we can rest reassured that, man, there is going to be color inside of our world. That no longer do we have to worry about not being able to see, but we begin to to, to understand that there's going to be things we must walk through and overcome in this life. And it's going to require God in this gospel and the truth that is inside of it to help us overcome those obstacles that are before us. Some people have fooled themselves into think that there will be no more issues because they have become a Christian or because they have found the truth in the kingdom of God. But let me tell you, the issue with this statement is that these people are going based upon feelings and we understand in the kingdom of God that it is not based upon our feelings, based upon our emotions. It's not even really based upon the sight and what we can see around us. But spiritually, we must have God begin to open our eyes to say, God, I may be feeling this and it may be different, but I trust you will take me through it to the other side, God. I trust that you have given me vision and open my spiritual eyes so that I can maneuver around this place. And God, even if it does not make Makes sense to me, even if it does not feel perfectly right. I'm going to trust you if you have asked me to do it in Jesus' name. I have used this as a reference before, but it's the similar thing to baptism and going down in the water in Jesus' name. Scripture is clear that we're to be fully submerged under that water and that it's to be done in Jesus' name. And at that point, all of our sins begin to get washed away in Jesus' name. It's powerful. But when you begin to think about it, if you're an evaluator like me, what is the property inside of water that washes our sins away? Why does somebody have to go completely under the water for this to actually work? I begin to think about math equations, and God, I want this math formula written on the wall of the water and full submergent and why it equals sins being washed away. I know that it does. I have faith in the scripture, and I've seen it time and time again, yet I don't understand the basics and the properties of all of these things that are here. Yet God says, don't walk by sight. Don't walk by your feeling, but begin to have faith in what I have stated Begin to have faith in this scripture that is before you, and if you will begin to do that, then I am going to direct your path. It's not about our feelings or these things that are around us. A blind person that begins to see used to base their life entirely off of feelings, and now they are beginning to base their life upon the sight that is before them. They're beginning to base their, self, their life upon faith, That when they step on the ground, it will not collapse beneath their feet. That when they sit in a chair, it's not just going to fall apart and begin to to, to fall through. That when they show up for church, the AC is going to work inside of these things. We we don't think about these things, but we have faith that they're going to happen, that they're going to work, that they're going to help us on a daily basis. So let's look at the scripture in Proverbs chapter 3 in verse 1. He says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep the commandments. For the length of days and long life, and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee, but bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of your heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. God is telling us in these scriptures here to take what he has given us and begin to apply them to our lives. Write them upon who we are and they will begin to do good things for us if we will have faith in scripture rather than faith in the constitution or faith in the world around us or faith in social media or faith in what our friends and family are saying. But we must begin to have faith in the things of God first and if we will then these next scriptures begin to come to pass. Three different things that God tells us here. First of all, that we are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. The second one, that we are to, to, uh, to lean not unto our own understanding. And the third one, it says to, in all our ways, acknowledge Him. And if we will do these three things, then He is going to direct our paths. Just to finish this thought, I want to read the rest of these scriptures here, but it says, Be not wise in their own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. We have seen this time and time again in our world that people want to be wise in their own eyes, that they want to create their own doctrine or their scripture for how to live in the kingdom of God. But we understand that this is the one true way to live for God. This is the one true gospel that will help us excel and become something new in this world around us. We must trust in this word of God rather than what mankind is saying around us. Verse 8 says that it's going to be health unto thy navel and marrow unto unto your bones. Basically the strength that is going to hold you forward as you walk inside of this life. Verse 9 says to honor the Lord with your substance and with thy firstfruits of all thine increase, so shall the barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst with new wine. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects even as a father, the son whom he delights. It's saying that God will correct us at certain times But we must not push away from it. We must not despise it because it's something that was meant for good inside of our lives. So let's look at these three points here for the rest of this lesson this morning. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. David, as we know inside of Scripture, was a powerful person, a powerful man of God in Scripture. The prophet, before David was anointed, went to David's father and said, I want to see all of your sons because God is about ready to choose one of them to be king over the nation of Israel. So the prophet walks in there and begins to go one by one down the line and gets to the end of the line and realizes that none of these has God told him to anoint as the king of Israel. So instead of being discouraged, he begins to ask Jesse, is there another one that you have as a son? And Jesse begins to say, yeah, he's out in the field, but he's not as important as these here. He's not as strong. He does not do as well. He cannot speak as great as these that are here before you, prophet. I I think you have this mixed up. It's not likely going to be him. It has to be one of these. Yet he calls him in and listening to the prophet. So David walks in and the prophet gives the prophecy over his life that David, you are going to be the next king of Israel. David at that moment could have let that go to his head and ran right to the throne inside of that, that place and began to fight with the king and say, this is now my throne, I'm taking this over, it's now mine. But instead of doing that, he says, God, I'm going to trust in you and believe in you. In fact, David has so much faith in the plan that God has for his life that the next chapter the, 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 in, in, in scripture there, chapter 17, we see that David goes and fights a giant. David was so trusting in the plan of God that he's willing to step out and fight a giant, knowing that in the physical eyes of people, this could cost him the throne. This could cost him what God had promised him. But David had so much faith in God that he was willing to get a little bit dangerous because he was going to trust fully in God and God's plan for his life. David stepped out. And he took care of this giant when no one else around him would. 1 Corinthians tells us that the foolishness of God is wiser than than, than, than man. That the smallest, the lowest point of God, the foolish part of God is still wiser than anything we could ever think of. That begins to, to reassure us that man, no matter how many spreadsheets we come up with, no matter how many graphs we begin to piece together, no matter how amazing our plan truly is, if we do not trust in God in the midst of that, that thing can crumble apart and become nothing before our lives. When God is asking us to trust him, he is giving us this scripture and saying, man, I want to wash away every sin inside of your life. I want to fill you with my spirit and my presence. I want you to begin to have a wonderful life. Trust in these promises that I have been given to you. Trust in my deliverance that I can renew you and take care uh, of any part of you that, that is addicted to something. Begin to trust in my word and that I can reach your family and those that you pray for. Begin to trust in my word that you can lay hands on people and see them healed. Begin to believe in who I am and what I can do for you. And if we are to trust in God, then we must begin to walk as David did saying, God, you have given a prophecy for my life and I believe in it God I trust you for it and I trust you enough God that I'm not just going to sit here and protect myself and hide myself but I am going to begin to go out and let it begin to come to pass it was because David went out and fought that giant and began to fight the enemies that the people began to say David you are our next king it was because David took a hold of what God had given to him that he was able to begin to move to the places that God had required him to move to in Jesus name we believe that this morning God Lord that you are opening our eyes to trust in you with all that we are God every possession that we have Lord it is yours God every desire in our lives God it is yours Lord what we step God where we walk where we move we trust in you with all of our hearts God to take us to those places you desire for us to Go, God. I am thankful for your promises that you have given to us here this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We can trust in God with all of our heart. I know I'm standing here and this sounds incredibly simple when I begin to just say trust in the Lord with all of your heart. But as soon as you walk out these front doors or the back door or the side door, the roof, whichever door you go out of this building, you will know and understand that there is a difficulty in trusting in God. David, it could not have been easy for him to just begin to say, man, there's a giant over there. I'm going to go take care of this. I would think that there's at least a little bit of a thought in his mind of what happens if this goes south? What happens if I don't make this and I can't fulfill the promise that God has put upon my life. Yet David knew the strength that God had given to him. If we stepped out of these doors every day, out of the doors of our household, saying, God, you have given me strength to overcome anything that is before me. God, I know one day you want me in heaven, but for right now, God, you have given me the strength to overcome the enemy, to fight anything that is before me, God, you have given me the strength to overcome depression before me. I'm not saying that we won't feel sad. I'm not saying that we won't feel emotions or be moved by our feelings. Sometimes that's okay. God gave those to us for a reason. But we can still have the strength of God saying, today, God, I might feel down, but guess what? Tomorrow, I'm going to get up in the joy and the presence of the Lord and let him lift me up and move forward in Jesus' name. We can begin to say, God, I trust you with all of my heart. I know, God, that there may not be uh, money in my bank account for a meal on the table tomorrow, but God, you have promised me that you would not let me go hungry. And Jesus, I trust that it is going to happen and we will be able to step forward together in Jesus' name. We cannot afford to put our trust in anything else. The government has started to believe that it's a God that we should bow down and worship. We see that all over. Social media wants us to love it. And in fact, everything has became about psychology and how to sell more, how to distract more, how to entertain more. And if you don't believe me, just begin to go to college or begin to look up classes on on things. There's all sorts of algorithms about how you can drop people's attention to what you're doing. That, that, that I mean, it's so sophisticated and so wild that just something as having a social media page has people who are, have huge degrees to try to post things on social media to attract people and draw them to that. People want your trust in their product, trust in who they are, yet it's distracting us from trusting in God with all of our heart. Those things around us are going to fail. They're temporary. And if you don't believe me, then just begin to read the book of Revelation and see that there's one day that God's going to come back to this world and everything that we know will be completely wiped clean. I'm not against you going to college and getting a degree and and beginning to learn a topic and that sort of thing, becoming a salesperson. That's okay. But just understand that these things are temporary uh, compared to our trust in God. That our trust here is what's going to begin to cause us to excel. As I was saying for David, it took him trusting in what God had before him in order for that promise to begin to fulfill that prophecy there. David couldn't just sit back on his couch and eat potato chips and then he became king one day. No, he went out and he slew a giant. He began to fight those enemies that were around them to begin to show that he had potential for that promise that God had inside of his life. If you are believing that God is calling you to preach, if you're believing that God is putting something inside of your life, then begin to use that and say, man, I want to teach a Bible study to somebody. I want to begin to be used in the kingdom of God. I want to see God move through me in these places. We must trust in him with all of our hearts. The next point says that we are to not lean unto our own understanding because that is the thing that will begin to distract us as well. Lean not unto your own understanding. You can go home and read this scripture, but Romans eleven thirty three begins to talk more about this idea in detail. But I want, to th- I want you to think about the city of Jericho. When God told His people, You're going to destroy that city, but here's the plan. They had to begin to think, God, you want us to walk around this city seven days, and you don't want us to say a single thing to the enemy. How difficult would that be when God has promised you you're going to destroy the city, and you have to walk around that in silence, to not look up at the guy on the wall and snicker a little bit and say, man, your walls are about ready to come down, buddy. Or look up and begin to say some, some, some sort of word to those people that are there. Yet God said, don't say anything. Don't blow trumpets at them. Don't scare them. Don't begin to clink your armor. Don't do any of that sort of stuff around the city. All that I want you to do is walk around this city here. Uh, Those people had to begin to think, if they're men like we are today of of strength and valor and all these things, they had to begin to think, God, you want us to walk around like a bunch of goofballs around this building and they're going to look down at us and begin to laugh and say, man, look at those funny guys. They're just walking around here. We're not even going to shoot any arrows at them because they're not even here with weapons or military might or whatever it may be. I mean, my goodness, they're just, uh, who knows what those people are doing here today. You can see that the enemy was laughing at them and had no clue what God wanted in this plan. Yet the scripture rings true here that these these people of God knew that they couldn't trust in what they knew is what would bring the walls down, but they had to begin to trust in what they knew God said would bring the walls down. So they began to march, and they began to march And on that seventh day, God tells them that last laugh, you need to shout, begin to blow the trumpets, begin to have a roar like you have never had before. You may have been silent to this point, but you need to begin to shout for those walls to come down. And so the men of God, that the people of God begin to do this and they begin to shout and those walls begin to shake and they begin to crumble before their very eyes. And now the enemy that was once on that wall saying, man, you all are doing a bunch of goofy stuff. It doesn't make sense. It's never going to win. It's never going to work. All of a sudden it became the thing that took down walls inside of these people's lives i <laughs> We begin to see that, man, if we begin to trust in God and lean not unto our own understanding that it may not make sense to us, then we may want to snicker and look up at people on the wall and begin to say things against what God wants. But but if we listen to his word and we do the simple things that he has asked us to, then those walls in our lives will begin to shake and crumble. Those issues and problems around us will begin to, to disappear. And even if they don't, we will understand that God has authority in them to give us strength to walk through them in Jesus' name. I could give you story after story of saying that we cannot trust in our own understanding. But what I want to tell you is that his thoughts are not our thoughts, neither his ways, our ways, neither the way that he does things, the way that we do things. The the, the scripture is clear about that, that God thinks on an entirely different plane. And so if he is telling you to mark If he is telling you to pray, then you go and you begin to do those things saying, God, it's not about what I understand. It's not about what I know or my wisdom or my college degree. But Jesus, my life is all about you. I want your scripture to be my guidance, God. I want it to be the light that is unto my path, God, the lamp that is unto my feet, Jesus. I desire for you to be the one who leads me. Sometimes when we begin to trust in our own understanding, we get this word called disappointment that comes inside of our lives. Simply define disappointment as sadness or displeasure caused by non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. Sadness or displeasure caused by one's non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. You know what that tells me? is that disappointment is something that we choose because it is based off of our expectations and not God's expectations. If you are here this morning and you are disappointed in God because he has not done something for you, then I would encourage you to begin to evaluate what are your expectations of God and begin to say what the scriptures say that are God's expectations of me and begin to live and abide by those things and dismiss them. We cannot go based upon our understanding. That's why the scripture is so clear here that we must dismiss our understanding of how things work and begin to trust and believe that God can do these things. He does not want you to be disappointed and i would encourage you to write down his promises in a journal if he speaks something to you begin to document it so that years later when god begins to move or or things begin to get shaky you can go back and say god this was a promise that you have given to me and i am going to trust and believe in it in who you are just to give you a brief testimony of how god works in this before we get to the final point this morning I heard recently a story. It was a podcast. This missionary was talking about his journey and he went to a foreign country. He moved his wife and his kids there. It was the first time that he was inside of this country and he felt God telling him to to buy this property from this man. And this man would not listen to him that he did not have any money to buy the property. So the missionary said, man, you know, I I can't afford the $25,000 price tag of this property, but would you please let us purchase it? And the man said, no, if you're, not going to pay the $25,000, then I will not let you purchase this property here. So this missionary listened to God and he took out the credit card that was in his wallet. It was the only thing that he could actually put money on because he did not have any cash or any ability to pay for his family's food or meals the next day. And he was worried about what might happen as a result of this. And he gives the guy his credit card and he puts $25,000 on his credit card, which for all of us, we know is a huge, huge mistake when you begin to think about it. But he trusted God And he knew that this is what God wanted him to do. The next morning, he got a call from a pastor who said, Sir, I don't know why God has asked me to do this, but my church took up a $25,000 offering for you yesterday, and we're sending the check in the mail today. Sometimes our understanding is not going to make sense the things of God but we must begin to put our trust in Him, begin to dismiss our own understanding. And that brings us to our last point, that if in all our ways we will acknowledge Him, then He is going to direct our paths. If we will acknowledge Him and walk with Him. We see this in the 12 apostles. The New Testament People beginning to follow God, giving up everything that they have in their lives to seek after Jesus and follow him step by step. You see normal people like you and I being willing to say, every part of my life needs to become about Jesus. Every possession I have, everything that is inside of my household, God, I give it to you for your use in your kingdom. These people were fanatical, you might say, Yet they were able to see their paths directed because they trusted in God. Some word that sometimes we use called holiness begins to talk about this. That if in all our ways we are to acknowledge him, then we must begin to walk out of the church doors and begin to act as Christians would act. I'm not saying that you will instantly learn how to become the best person in this world or that you will be perfect, but what I'm saying is that you begin to work on the jokes that you tell, the language that comes out of your mouth, the ways that you dress, the ways that we move inside of this world so that we begin to acknowledge Him in every part of our lives. The social media that we begin to put out there is no longer about blasting something or somebody else or this or that, and sometimes even politics, something that isn't necessarily sinful, We get too caught up inside of it to say, man, we're supporting a a presidential candidate more than we're supporting Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I want my life to be about acknowledging him and not the things of this world, not the car that I drive, not how big my bank account is or the clothes that I wear, but I want my life to be about acknowledging him and showing people that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and that if they will begin to trust in him, If they will begin to dismiss their own understanding, then he will begin to direct their paths and let amazing things happen inside of their lives. You can see now why it's so essential for us to begin to change our lives that we want our paths directed and if we refuse to acknowledge him when we step out of the doors of this church then you better believe that there's going to be confusion inside of your life. You better believe that things are going to distract you and it's going to be so confusing it will not make sense but if you will begin to say God I want to trust in you. I want my understanding to be yours God. I want to acknowledge you in all of my ways and God when I do these three things I trust that you will direct my path he will begin to do it you will see why church is vital rather than watching a movie on a Sunday morning because in all my ways I'm going to acknowledge him you'll begin to see why the songs you play on your radio must begin to glorify him because in all my ways I want to acknowledge him You begin to see why social media, your posts that you put out there, why it can begin to affect you and cause distraction and confusion and hurt. Because in all my ways... I want to acknowledge Him. You begin to see why when people in your workplace begin to make fun and mock you and you don't bow to that, you begin to say, but I want to acknowledge God because I don't want confusion in my life. I want to be founded upon the sure foundation that is inside of the Scripture here. We sometimes see that the more a person begins to learn, the more God's existence becomes evident. I want to read you an article, and I'm almost done here. This comes from the Pentecostal magazine, the Pentecostal Life that is uh, sometimes out front here. And I apologize, it flipped pages here, so I have to go through all these pages here to try to get back to it. But this article here talks about how we can trust in God because there is a wonder in who He is. I'm just going to read a paragraph from this. It says, Nobel Prize-winning scientist Arno Penzias says that the best data we have are exactly what I would have predicted had I nothing to go on but the first five books of Moses, Psalms, and the Bible as a whole. Another Nobel Prize winner physicist Steven Weinberg wrote, in the beginning there was an explosion which occurred simultaneously everywhere, filling space from the beginning with every particle of matter rushing apart from every other particle. Within the tiniest split second, the temperature hit hundred thousand million degrees centigrade, slightly hotter than a South Florida summer. And interestingly, there were also photons. The universe was filled with light. Science notes that Genesis 1 and 3, that in the beginning, the universe was suddenly and completely flooded with light, and God spoke, and light flooded the universe with, uh, with this dark uh, that which evicted darkness. We see inside of this magazine article here that there's a man who set out to prove that God was non-existent and not true, yet through trying to prove that God was non-existent and not true, he found more evidence in that God was real than that God was false. We see that as we begin to dive into true science and the things that God created around us, the mathematical formulas that we have begun to form, you can begin to see God's hand inside of every aspect of that. Beginning to show us that man, back in creation, he caused light to infiltrate darkness and become something that was new for every single one of us who were once blind to now begin to see. And how God desired for us to begin to see life as something that was great for his kingdom rather than something that was depressing and meant to keep us down rather than something that wasn't meant to be fun. And we would get up on a nine to five job every morning and, and go to work and, and go to lunch and go to work and then get home and go to sleep and get up the next day and repeat these things. But instead we could begin to serve him and something magnificent would begin to become a part of life. And now my job is not just a job, but it's a mission field. And now my church is not just a church, but it's a place where I go to connect with God. And now my prayers don't just fall on deaf ears, but they go to a God who communicates back with me. Now my life becomes something where my path has become more clear, where I begin to be directed that even if there's a little bump or things don't make clear sense around me, I can still say like David, I'm trusting in your promise, God. I'm trusting in who you are, even if everything around me is falling apart. Science has begun to prove the validity of God. And if we are going to truly walk in his presence we must also believe in that validity of God and not begin to say God I want a fire to fall from heaven for me to believe in you but Jesus I just want to go down in those baptismal waters and have your spirit begin to fill me and that I will begin to read your God or read your word and I will begin to pray God and as I begin to do those things I will trust my path shall be directed as you have said in the word. You are not here this morning because you were happenstance or because Darwin's theory came true when you magically appeared on a world and all of these other planets. But God put light into your life so that you could see the path ahead of you. So that the blind darkness, those cliffs that once scared you, he can now begin to say, man, I know that it is work. I know that it's taking time to learn some of these things. But when you begin to learn and see that, man, that's a cliff and I'm not going to walk off that again, then it becomes a lot easier to say, man, i got to lift my foot four inches to get over this step. That was pretty easy. And pretty soon, just like physically walking becomes a normal thing and we don't think about the dirt in front of us, God begins to reveal spiritually that, man, we, we can step and it just works. We can pray, and it moves. We, we can see mountains around us, and we can speak to those things and see them dismissed, that if we will trust in God, our spiritual walk can become just as natural as our physical walk more than ever before. You can see why the scripture says that God will direct your path that if you will put this into him and say, God, take those blinders off. I'm not hiding in the darkness anymore, that God will put something new inside of you. I know it's taking some time to learn what God is teaching you, but trust me, it's going to be worth it. Keep tripping, keep striving, keep falling on your face, but get back up and say, God, I have learned from that, and I'm becoming new in who you are. Keep going through those things that you're going through and learn that God wants you to trust in him. If we trust in him, then we will know that our lives can be like walking in the physical, in Jesus' name. If you could stand with me this morning, I thank you for listening to what God was speaking here. And I believe that it will cause you to walk out of this place with a reassurance and a strength in who he is more than ever before. I think it would be fitting. I I don't know that we have any music you do? Perfect. If you want to come, sister, I, I think she, we're, we're going to sing this song here. And if you all just want to begin to take this time to give your life to God for the next few minutes, that would just be incredible. It's just a few minutes here that we could say, God, I might have tried to do things too much on my own. I might have tried to walk too much with my own sight and my own understanding. But God, starting this morning, I am going to make a commitment to trust in you, God. To dismiss what my thoughts are about the situation and say, God, I want your thoughts. And if we will begin to acknowledge him the instant we step out of these doors, then we can trust he will direct our paths. They will become clear before us and he will begin to move in Jesus' name. Let's lift our hands and begin to pray that as we sing this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, let that be this morning. God, direct our paths, Lord.